invite you to stand this morning. God, Lord, we thank you, God, for the, the spirit of praise that's in this place to God. We ask that you just be able to touch our hearts and our minds, God, that we be able to experience your power, God. Whether we be able to experience uh, the power that breaks all the chains and, and that we leave here different than the way we came, God. Help us heart, our hearts to be focused upon worship today.
isn't it awesome that we have at our disposal in the name of Jesus the name that the Bible declares that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess at that name the Bible lets us know that in the midst of darkness that Jesus is the light and the moment that he walks into a situation the darkness has to tremble it has to flee fear can grip our lives but the Bible declares that at the name of Jesus that the fear must go because the name of Jesus when you're going through something in life know that at that name Jesus that everything can change at the moment that you whisper the name Jesus Rachel to go back and sing that one more time I want her to sing about his name and as you stand there today I want you just to, to take a moment to focus on the name the person of Jesus and realize that all of your problems that he's the answer sing it Rachel pray that as we go into your word today, God, that our worship has been acceptable to you. And Father, that as we dive into your word, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak to our hearts. God, that we can leave here today challenged and changed. Father, we love you and we thank you and we praise you. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. And everyone said, amen and amen. 
Smile some, at somebody across the aisle. Give them a, a high five. <clears throat> we want to thank you for being here today. Uh, if you are a guest, uh, we are so honored and privileged that you have joined us on the second Sunday of January. Uh, Chris is coming down the aisle right now. Uh, when we first started this church, uh, we decided that every week we would have everybody fill out a connect card. And, um, and the reason we do that is, is because you are more than just a number here. Uh, you are a person. And we're not concerned about how many people we have here, but we're concerned about you. And so the best way, especially with having two services, the best way that we can do that is just by you simply scanning that QR code at the bottom and uh, going and, and filling that out uh, online, or you can actually fill out the physical card. Uh, we've prayed over those cars and sanitized them, and, and they are COVID-free. And uh, if you could just fill that out, there are uh, offering uh, boxes in the back, and uh, you can drop those in there, and uh, we appreciate you being here, and uh, we love what God is doing, and uh, things are starting to get back to normal. Uh, we started, uh, we're, we'll be starting life groups next month. We're having growth track classes, uh, and very quickly what that is is if you're new to the church, and I know since we started back in, in June, uh, once, or at the end of May, uh, we've had seen several new faces, and uh, I want you to know uh, that, that every uh, two months we'll have what we call a growth track, and you can come, and if you want to learn more about the church, and uh, we will get to, to know you and uh, you will get to know us and then a little bit about our vision. And uh, so that is uh, January the 31st at 6 o'clock. And uh, we would love to, uh, to get you assimilated uh, into uh, Gateway Church. And uh, it's not a brainwashing session. We just want to get to know you. We'll feed you. And uh, we'll have a good time together. And it's just two hours. So you'll be hearing more about that. But thank you for being here. Uh, today we're starting a 21-day period that we have set aside to lean in and focus on God. Now, we've done this for the last, uh, this is the fourth year. So for the last three years, uh, we, we have set aside 21 days in January uh, to fast and pray. And when we fast and pray, we're asking God, God, I, I want your will for our life, for my life. I, I want your will for the life of the church. And I want your will in my community, in my country. And so for the last three years, we've done this, and we have watched how that it has changed people's lives. Uh, I have watched people go from not even being a, a follower of Christ or, or to being in a situation where they weren't following Christ, Christ as close as they want, once did, but I've watched it transform their life. And can I tell you that in this year, 2021, this fourth year, I believe that it's more important than ever. As we look at what's going on around us and we look at what's going on in our lives and in, in, in our community and in our nation and in our world, I believe that the next 21 days can set the tone for 2021 and beyond. And so what, what we're asking, people say, well, pastor, what should I fast? And what I would say to that is, is fast something that will stretch you. In other words, uh, I don't like tomatoes. So for me to say, okay, for the next 21 days, I'm going to fast tomatoes. That's not stretching me. 
because it's not something. But So what we're asking is, is something that will stretch you, something that you can look in your life and you can say, you know what? I don't think I can live without this. I don't think that I can go 21 days without this. And pray about it and, and, and see if God would have you just set it aside. Now with this, we're not trying to get God's attention. We have God's attention. But what we're doing is, is we are making a statement to ourselves and to God. And we're saying, God, for these next 21 days, <clears throat> I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to lay aside that thing and I'm going to spend that time praying and seeking your face, focusing on him. And so today we're going to start a series uh, that's titled Lean In. Lean In. And what I'm asking is, is that over the next four weeks that we will lean in and make some spiritual commitments to God. And for the next four weeks that we will listen to what the Holy Spirit would have to say to us. And today we're going to talk about leaning in so that we can hear him. Leaning in so that we can hear him. The Bible says that his sheep know his voice. But the reality is, is that too often we say we're a follower of Christ, but we do not know his voice. We can't hear him speak. Think about the people that are, you are extremely close to in your life. If you're sitting and, and you're looking and someone walks in the door and walks in the room behind you and they speak, if you know that person, if you're close to that person, you know their voice. Husbands, when your wife speaks, you know her voice. Parents, when your children speak, you know their voice. Why? It's because you are close to them. It's a distinct voice. Can I tell you that God's voice is distinct? That when God speaks, that it's a distinct voice and his sheep should hear him. And today I want to look at a story, a familiar story found in 1 Kings chapter 19. Now, before we get to chapter 19, I want to give you a, a synopsis of what has taken place leading up to this moment in 1 Kings chapter 19. Uh, in this moment, the nation of Israel is godless. They, they're far from God. They have turned to worshiping Baal. Uh, they have turned to, to all kinds of false gods. There's famine in the land. And so this has been going on. And, and there's a prophet by the name of Elijah. And Elijah looks at everything that's going on. And he is one person that is still focused and still worshiping the true God. And he looks at the situation that's going on. And he gets fed up with it. Anybody ever just been fed up with something? He gets fed up with it. And he says, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I know that my God is the true God. I know that the Baal, Baal that they're worshiping is not. So Elijah challenged 850 prophets and priests. And he said, I, I want you to bring them. I want you guys to come, bring a sacrifice or two. We're going to climb up this mountain and we're going to pray. Now I'm going to let you pray to your God. 
and we'll see what happens. But he made this stipulation. He said, the God that answers by fire will be the true God. And so the Bible tells us that, that they set up all their sacrifices and, and they start to pray. And they begin to pray. And they're praying and they're praying. And it gets about lunchtime and nothing has happened. And they're cutting themselves and blood is, is flowing everywhere because that was part of their tradition. They thought that that, that got, got their God's attention. Nothing happens. Elijah starts to make fun of them. He says, well, maybe your God's asleep. Maybe he's on vacation. Maybe he's traveling all along knowing that the nonsense that was going on, nothing was going to happen. And so finally, in, in, the, in the late afternoon, Elijah says, you know what? Okay, enough of this nonsense. And he tells them, he says, get 12 pitchers of water and pour them over the sacrifice. And then he stands and he prays a 58-word prayer. And at the, when he ended that prayer, at that moment, the Bible says that fire fell from the sky and that the water and the sacrifice was completely consumed. When people saw this, they fell on their face. And they knew who the true God was. And then Elijah commanded them, slay these 850 priests and prophets. And they did. What this was, was this was the climax of something that had been going on for three and a half years. They prayed their hearts out, but they were praying to a stone. Nothing happened. So in that moment, they go back and, and there was a, a woman there by the name of Jezebel. And they tell Jezebel what has happened. And she becomes very upset. And she says, if by this time tomorrow, you're not dead, speaking about Elijah, she said, you will be dead by this time tomorrow. So she vows to kill him. So in that moment, we know that Elijah runs. Now, many times I have preached this, and I've always seen it as Elijah was just running for his life. And there is an aspect to that. Yes, he was running for his life. But God showed me something in this that I had never seen before. Not only was he running for his life, but he was running to life. You say, Pastor, what do you mean? The Bible tells us that he was running to the mountain of God, Mount Horeb. He was running to the mountain of God. He was running to the place that he knew that God had spoke to Moses from a burning bush. He was doing the wisest thing that he could do. In the moment that he felt overwhelmed, he ran to the mountain of God. Now the Bible tells us that he got to a certain point and he sits down. And when he sits down, he just tells God, it's over, I'm done, I'm a failure. Just take me home. And the Bible tells us that he fell asleep 
And then an angel came, said, hey, Elijah, wake up. Here's some food. Here's some water. Eat and drink. And so Elijah does that. Then he falls back to sleep. And the angel wakes him up again. And he says, listen, you need to eat. You need to drink. And then he says this. He said, because your body is in no shape to make this 40-day journey. In that moment, God knew where Elijah was headed. God knew that he was headed to the Mount of Horeb. And why was he headed there? Because Elijah knew that if he could just get there, if he could just get to that mountain, if he could get to the mountain where he knew that God had spoke before, that he could get a word from God. He knew that if he could get there, that hearing the voice of God would bring life back into his lifeless body. And when we hear the voice of God, it's significant. It's important. And as we, over the next 21 days, as we begin to to lean in, we have to understand that leaning in is not performance, but it's passion. It's not performance, but it's passion. We aren't fasting to impress God. We're not doing it so that we can say that we are religious. We don't gather on, on a Sunday morning because religion. We're not here, but we are here because we want to be in passionate pursuit of an almighty God. Elijah was going toward the mountain of God. But it wasn't about performance. It's so important in our life that we have passion. You see, passion is one thing that cannot be given to you. Passion, it it is not imparted, but it's cultivated. You cannot be given desire. No one can give it to you. You have to want it for yourself. Sure, you you can be motivated, You can be inspired. You can read a self-help book. You can go to seminars. You can be all of these things. But when it comes down to it, you have to have passion. You have to, to want it. Because until you get to that point, you will never succeed. But listen, when your passion rises up, when, you're, when you really become passionate about something, everything changes. That is the purpose of the mountain of God. If you look all throughout the Bible, great people had to climb a mountain to connect with God. Moses and, and Mount Sinai. Jesus and the Mount of Transfiguration. You say, why did they have to go up a mountain? Has anybody ever climbed a mountain? I know we've got some mountain climbers in here. I haven't. You know why? Because it's too much work. And there ain't nothing on top of that mountain that I need. I'll read that people say, oh, I went hiking, and and I'm like, for what? 
Is there like a McDonald's up there or something? I promise you there's one on flat land. But why do they have to climb the mountain? It's not because God is hard to connect with. But I believe it's because it was going to take desire. It wasn't easy. It was hard work. And they had to make a decision. How bad do you want it? Desire. You say, Pastor, I've made a decision in 2021. I'm going to get out of debt. But I ain't canceling Amazon. I'm not going to stop spending money. You say, Pastor, I want my marriage to be better. I'm not going to counseling, though. How bad do you want it? Desire cannot be imparted to you. It cannot be given to you. You have to want it. And this 40-day journey that Elijah was getting ready to go on, it was about desire. It was about desire. He wanted to get to the mountain of God so that he could hear the voice of God. So the Bible tells us that he gets there. And when he gets there, he goes into a cave. And then he hears the voice of God. And God said, Elijah, what are you doing here? Now, once again, I always read this as God was saying, you shouldn't be here. Why are you here? But God asked him this question, Elijah, what are you doing here? God already knew the answer. Don't you love it when somebody asks you a rhetorical question? They ask you a question that they already know the answer to. That's what's going on here. Because 40 days before, when God sent the angel, God knew where and why Elijah was heading to the mountain of God. He said, what are you doing here? He wasn't saying, Elijah, you're in the wrong place. He knew what Elijah wanted. He wanted to hear a word. He was overwhelmed. And when you look at your life, you say, Pastor, 2020 has overwhelmed me. Some of you say, Pastor, my overwhelmed feeling started way before 2020. 2020 was just the cherry on top. But I've come to realize something. Psalm chapter 61, verse 2. It says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. When my heart is overwhelmed, take me up that mountain. The power of that is so significant. David was writing this, and in this moment, he was being overwhelmed by his son. Elijah was overwhelmed by what was happening in the land. And he was overwhelmed by the fact that despite what happened, that it didn't change when it came to Jezebel. God wants to speak to us. And we need to lean in and we need to hear him say this. And this is not from me. You don't need to hear this from me. I'm going to tell it to you, but you need to know that this is that you need to hear God speak it to you. You need to hear God say two things. You're not a failure. 
and you're not finished. You're not a failure and you are not finished. Whoever tells you that you're a failure, they're wrong. And I can tell you that, but you need to hear it from God. In this moment, when when Elijah sat down at that tree, he thought that he was a failure. Because you can think about probably what was playing in his mind. He probably thought after this great demonstration of God's power, surely Jezebel will change her heart. And then he finds out immediately that she didn't. That her heart hadn't been changed. And in that moment, Elijah probably felt like, I'm a failure. Because she didn't change. Instead, she threatened his life. And sometimes in life, there's things that happen. And we think that things should go a certain way. We think, well, this is the logical next step. And then they don't happen. And when they don't happen, we immediately think, I'm just a failure. I'm just a failure. The second thing you need to hear God say is is you aren't finished. When Elijah sat down at that tree, he thought he was finished. He thought he was done. He said, God, I've done all that I can do. I can't do anymore. My heart is overwhelmed. Just take me. And by God sending him that angel, by God providing him, food and water. God was saying, Elijah, you are not done. You are not finished. I've still got something for you. You may feel like a failure. You may feel like you're finished, but you are going to mentor the next generation. Elijah wasn't running for his life only. He was running to life. He was running to the mountain of God. And when he got there, he wanted to hear God say to him, you aren't a failure and you aren't finished. And as we begin to look at listening and hearing from God, uh, something you need to know that your best signal is found in solitude. You need a place of solitude. You need a place where you can go and hear the voice of God. A place to connect with him. I mean, look at all the people in the Bible. So many people had a hiding place, a place where they would go to pray. Elijah had Mount Horeb. Jacob had Bethel. Abraham had the Oaks of Mamre. Daniel had an upstairs room. Jesus had the wilderness. And when we look at our our lives, we need a defined place to meet with God. Have you ever ran into someone and you say, hey, we need, we need to get together. We need to connect. And then nothing else happens. And then the next time you see them, hey, we need to get together. We need to connect. And nothing happens. Do you know why it didn't happen? Because you can say it, but you had no intention of doing it. You can say it, but you had no, do you know what intention looks like? Intention looks this way. Hey, we need to connect. Don't ever tell me that. Because when you say that, you're going to get a time and a place. And I say, okay, this Tuesday, 12 o'clock, Pappy's cooking. 
I've got a table reserved just for us. It has my name on it. I say, let's connect. That's intention. That's intention. And you know what happens? When you become intentional about connecting, you connect. The same thing is true with God. How many times have you thought, yeah, I need to read my Bible? Life happens, it doesn't happen. Yeah, I need, I need to pray. I need to connect with God. Never happens. Do you know why it didn't happen? Because you may think you had good intentions, but you had really no intention. Because if you have intention to connect with God, you're going to say, God, 7 o'clock, right there, in that place, in that room, I'm coming, and I'm going to connect with you. I know people that, that have rooms. I know people that, that have a closet. And they go into the closet, and they've cleaned it out, and they go into the closet to pray. Why? Because most of the time, other than a light, there's no electricity there. There's no windows. There's nothing to distract them. And they go in and they pray. That's being intentional. Getting away from, from life for a few minutes to connect with God. That's how we hear from him. You see, our lives are too loud. They are too loud. We get bombarded by so much noise. You know what a fast does? A fast can quiet your flesh. A, a fast can show your flesh that you're not serving it, but you're serving God. Our flesh is loud. Listen, whatever you decide to fast during these next 21 days, I can promise you that whatever it is, that two or three days in, you're going to be angry because your flesh is screaming out. I want that. I need that. Our flesh screams at us and it tries to dictate to us. You see, the enemy of this world controls the airwaves and it's loud. Social media, the news, everything is just bombarding us every single day. And you know what it's there for? It's there to drown out the voice of God. I mean, it hits us, and I'm just, I, I'll use myself in, as, as an example. The moment that I wake up, before I even get out of bed to brush my teeth, before my feet hit the floor, I grab my cell phone, I check all my email, I check Facebook, I check Instagram. I want to make sure that those seven or eight hours that I was sleeping, I didn't miss out on anything. And I sit there, and by doing that, immediately, my focus is not on God. My focus is on that thing that controls my life. I don't know about you, but I carry my phone everywhere. I mean, it's in my back pocket right now. How many people, anybody ever have the, um, the phantom vibrations? What that is, is, is you're carrying it and you think you feel your phone vibrate and you pull it out and it's like, oh, okay, it was nothing. You put it away. Then in a few minutes, you feel it again, you pull it back out. We are so sensitive. Oh, we, we've trained ourselves to just listen and feel 
for that phone, for that noise. What if we were that sensitive to God? What if we could be that sensitive to his voice? We are so accustomed to noise. As I was preparing for this, I learned something that I didn't know. Does anybody sleep with a sound machine? I have to have a sound machine and I have to have white noise on. And I learned what white noise actually was. White noise, by true definition, is every frequency known to man. And so in that sound, every frequency is covered. And you know what that's doing? That's blocking out everything else. You can hear, if it's loud enough, you can hear no other frequency because that white noise covers everything that you would normally hear. And I have to sleep with that to block out. There's so much noise in my life. There's so much noise. We live too loud. So here was Elijah. He was running to a place where he could hear, a place of solitude where he could hear the voice of God. Can I tell you, there is nothing like a whisper from God. There's three ways that God will never speak. God will never speak in a condemning way, in a conflicting way, or in a controlling way. Now, if you were raised with a religious background, you probably were trained to think that when you heard a condemning voice, that that was God. When you heard a voice that was, that was conflicting, I've heard people say, well, God told me to do this. And then I look in the word and the Bible says something opposite. Can I tell you, God does not speak in a conflicting way. And God does not control you. We have free will. We have free choice. God will never speak in a condemning way, a conflicting way, or a controlling way. The Bible tells us in 1 Kings 19, 11 and 12, it says, for the Lord was not in the wind, the earthquake or the fire. God was speaking in a still small voice. Grab a hold of this, this is important. God wasn't speaking in a whipping, condemning way like the wind. You know how when the wind blows, it just tears up everything. A strong enough wind will uproot things and it will turn things over. God wasn't speaking that way. If you're hearing in your ears, you aren't good enough. If you're hearing that you're a failure, if you're hearing that you're done, I can promise you that is not the voice of God. His voice isn't like that. When the woman was caught in adultery, he didn't condemn her. He tells us in, in John chapter 3, verse 17, that he didn't send his son to condemn the world. So what you're hearing is not from God. Now listen, the voice of God will correct, but he will not condemn. And there is a huge difference. An earthquake, an earthquake is unsettling. When an earthquake happens, things just, go every which direction. Things don't make any sense as to how they happen. God doesn't speak that way either. As I said, God doesn't speak against his word. 
He's not going to tell you to do something that goes against his word. Lastly, he doesn't speak in a controlling way. The fire. You know, if there's a fire, you are controlled by that fire. You're directed in a certain path by that fire. It dictates to you. God doesn't speak that way. God doesn't violate your will. He doesn't dictate to you. All of those things, they're religious. They're what we have been trained growing up to believe, but that's not the voice of God. God's voice is a whisper. It's a still, small voice, a gentle whisper. Verse 12 of chapter 19 says that after the fire came, then came a still, small whisper. Do you know what whisper means in the Hebrew? It means breath. It means to to breathe. You know, when you whisper, you don't use your vocal cords. It's all breath. And what do you do when someone whispers? Especially if they have a mask on. You can't read their lips and they whisper. What do you have to do? You have to lean in. You have to lean in to hear them. You have to get closer to them. If they're whispering, that's a signal that the six foot social distancing doesn't apply because they whispering that's how it works when someone whispers you have to lean in to hear them you have to to get close his voice is a a whisper you know whispers only 15 decibels 15 decibels now just in comparison my watch has a a decibel alert and if, if, if my watch thinks that it's too loud around me, I'll look down and it says, whatever you're listening to is too loud. You need to turn it down because it's going to damage your ears. And I could be going down the road and just have the music, have some worship music going. And my watch will say, it's too loud. It's 120 decibels. And compare that to a 15 decibel whisper. God wasn't in the loud. Can I tell you that a whisper is how we came alive? A breath. A breath. We came alive from God's breath. He breathed life into us. Very quickly, there's three ways that God speaks. John 6, 63 says, every word I speak is spirit. It's breath and it's life. The person of Jesus speaks. He speaks to us. He said, my sheep, they know my voice. If we get rid of the noise, we can hear him speak. The second way that he speaks is through this word, 
Bible says that this word is the breath of God. It's God breathed. When people tell me they can't hear the voice of God, I say, well, go into a room, open your Bible and read it out loud. If you do that, you're hearing the voice of God because that is his voice. Lastly, he speaks through spiritual parents, through friends, through peers. Ephesians chapter 6, 1 through 3 basically says, uh, it says, children, obey your parents. Obey your parents in the Lord. Honor your father and mother that it may be well with you. People are the carrier of God's voice. So through Jesus, through the scripture, and through people, God said, if you will block out the noise, if you will train yourself to hear my voice, to hear the whisper, he said, but you have to lean in. You have to want to hear me. Sometimes I think we're living our life in ways that, that honestly, we don't want to hear from God. Because we're afraid that if we really hear the voice of God, that there will be some correcting that takes place. And then I believe there are times, and I pray this is where you are right now, that you are overwhelmed, and that when you're overwhelmed, you want to get to the mountain of God. You want to get to the place where you can hear His voice. But you have to draw close to Him. He says, if we draw close, if we draw nigh, that He will draw close to us. You have to want it. You have to get to a point that you're tired of all the noise. You're tired of all the other voices. You're tired of, of all the nonsense. Just like Elijah, he saw everything that was going on and he put up with it and he dealt with it and he had it in his life for all those years. And he got to a point that his passion welled up and he said, it's time. It's time. And then he made that 40 day journey to the place where he knew that he could hear the voice of God. You know what the great thing now is? Is that we don't have to go to the mountain. But we can determine in our hearts that God, I'm going to meet with you. I'm going to meet with you. I want to hear your voice. And hey, if you like climbing mountains, you have the desire to climb a mountain to hear God, go for it. But get to a place where you can hear his voice. Lean in. And over the next four weeks, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about spiritual disciplines. That if we will draw close to him, if we will lean in, that it will change your life forever. I'm going to ask you to stand right where you are.
as I, I told you last week, if you weren't here, that, um, that 2020 was definitely a, a desert. About the only way I can describe it. But during the week between Christmas and New Year, God allowed me to see that it was all about what I thought and how I thought about what happened during the year and how it could change my perspective. And as I began studying for this series, this was one of those sermons that I could not wait to get here this morning to deliver. Because with everything that was in me, I knew that if we would listen, that this morning he would speak to us. And in the first service we saw, their heart to God and they were passionate and they left here challenged and changed and I believe the same thing is true right now I believe that there are people either sitting in this auditorium and listening online that all the noise is bombarding you. But you want it to change. You want it to change. And can I tell you that if you become passionate about hearing His voice, you'll hear Him. You have to want it. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I just want to be honest. All the noise in my life has made it difficult for me to hear his voice. Did anybody say that? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, if you're living, you're not abnormal. Because the world is bombarding us with noise. going to pray. And if you raised your hand and you mean business, if you're tired of all the noise, as I pray and then they begin to sing, I'm going to ask you, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. All the noise that's going on in your mind right now is trying to say, that's not what you need. You need to hear the voice of God. And those people that knelt around and stood around this altar during the 930 service, I can guarantee you if I lined them up and 
let them speak to you, they will tell you it was the absolute best decision they could ever make because they feel freedom. Don't let the enemy talk you out of this moment. This is 21 days. It's not a self-help book. It's 21 days to lean in, to become passionate about the God of the universe. So as I pray, you say, well, pastor, I've been to the altar a million times. That's awesome. Let's make it a million and one. God wants to do something in your life. And there's people. We have a prayer team. We want to pray with you. We want to help you drown out the noise and hear the voice of God. So don't hesitate. I'm going to pray. They're going to sing. And God's going to do something. Father, I come before you right now. God, I'm thankful for every person that's in this sanctuary. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that for those who raise their hand, God, that you will just speak to their hearts. God, that they will not let this moment pass. God, I pray. God, we need you more than anything. God, more than the breath that we breathe. Father, I pray. God, that we will become passionate about you. God, for those who feel overwhelmed, God, for those who have so much noise in their life. God, I'm one of them. God, it's overwhelming. But God, I want to hear your voice. God, I want to hear you speak. God, I'm willing to lean in. God, I'm willing to lean in to hear your voice. God, I want a, God, I want a difference. God, I'm tired. God, I want to get to your mountain. God, I want to have that passion.
God wants you to know. How many times you feel that you're finished? If you have breath, he's not done with you. And the enemy will tell you, he will lie to you, he will make you believe. Just like he tried to do to Elijah. He wanted Elijah to sit there under that tree and die. But God wouldn't let him. God wouldn't let him. moment God has sent somebody by to say eat drink because the journey I'm about to take you on you're going to need strength and I'm going to provide it
my challenge to you as we leave. Uh, I want to challenge you to participate in this fast. And I'm going to say something that makes, might seem crazy. time that I knew someone that wasn't following God the way they once did. And it was a lot like today. It was the beginning of the year. They showed up to church. And I looked at them after service and I said, why don't you participate in this fast? And immediately they were like, no. I thought, okay. A couple of days later, I got a text message. I said, okay, I don't think it's going to do any good, but I'll do it. I pray that you leave here challenged. I pray that you leave here changed. Listen, in the coming weeks, I'll just be honest. I'm fasting social media. So if you send me a message, if you do something, send me a text message. Because I've determined that that's what I need to step away from. And over the next few weeks, I can promise you that the voice of the world is going to be louder and louder and louder and louder. Get to a place of solitude and listen for His voice. Because a whisper for Him is better than anything else you can hear. If you're a guest, thank you for being here.
I'll be downstairs on this side of the cafe if, uh, if you would want to go down two flights of steps. I would love to meet you if you're a guest. I would love to just uh, introduce myself and let you introduce yourself to me and to some of the staff. Uh, be sure and fill out a connect card. Uh, remember, there's ways that you can give. I meant to do this before I preach, but um, I was so excited to get to what God had uh, from his word, but giving is part of worship as well. And uh, at the back, there are boxes you can place money in. You can give online. You can go to thegate.life and it will lead you through all that stuff. Uh, but we appreciate your faithfulness. We love you. Have a great, great Sunday. Go home and hear the voice of God.